Well, how's everybody doing today? You good? Hey, could you give a round of applause for our online audience, if you don't mind joining us today? So glad you guys are with us as well. And uh, I hope that uh, you had great holidays with your family, with your friends, and uh, that we start 2021 together. So glad that you're here. As a matter of fact, just turn to your neighbor real fast and say, congratulations, you have perfect church attendance for 2021. Just tell them, congratulations. I mean, you're perfect. This is awesome. And uh, so it is. It's going to be a great year. I'm believing that. And uh, let me kind of tell you where we're going today and for the next few weeks, okay? Because I really am excited about this. Um, the, about mid-November, um, as a team and as a staff, we started asking this question with each other, uh, not just for personal reasons, not just for our family, but also for us as a team and as a church family. And that's this, man, 2020 brought so much that I think all of us at some point at the end of 2020 started to evaluate, um, hey, what, what do we want to leave in 2020? Of course, the answer is all of it, but what do we want to leave in 2020? And what do we believe that God is wanting to add to 2021? I'm sure that you did this in your own life as a, as a couple, in your dating life, whatever. And so we did that as a team. And so starting in November, we just started to ask this question, God, if we were to take our values that we have as a church, put them to the side, are there any new values we w- you would want to give us? As 2020 has changed us all in so many ways, changed our culture, changed our nation, is there anything you would want to add to who we are as a church family and as Jesus followers? Is there anything you'd want to take away? Is there anything you want to clarify? And so that's what this series is about, is over uh, from November to the beginning of the year, what has God shown us and told us about who we are as Jesus followers? And this is why I love this, because the series originally started as Jesus and we, Jesus dot we. But the more we talked about it, we thought, man, the, the values that God has given us as a church family actually are values that we all need to apply to our own life. It really is Jesus and me, and together we make up the we. And so here's why I'm saying that. If you're not part of the bridge, if you're just kind of coming, just kind of checking it out, really good news for you. Number one, you're going to hear a little bit more about who we are as a church. But number two, just applying these five values to your own life, I'm promising you, will give your life meaning and purpose and significant in 2021. And I think that's what we all really want. And uh, and I'm excited because we didn't just mention values of going, hey, this is what we should do. The values that we came to through a lot of scripture reading, a lot of prayer was actually, this is actually who we are as Jesus followers, not just what we do, but who we are because behavior actually follows identity, not the other way around. And so our very first value that we came up with was this, we are Jesus-focused. Nobody in the room, that's okay. We are Jesus-focused, okay? Now, I might have caught you off guard a little bit because you might be thinking, it took y'all two months to come up with that? We're a church. Well, is there any other focus we would have as a church? I mean, is that really, that took too much? Not a lot of encouragement on our part, Kenny, just letting you know. I understand that, but here's what I I think we could all understand as well. It's one thing to say that, it's another way to live that way. It's one thing to say that we're going to focus on Jesus, make it all about him, no one else, his name is great, his fame is greater, and that's who it's going to be about from here on out for us. It's one thing to say that, it's another way 
to live that way. I mean, I think we could all have moments in our own life where if anyone were to ask us, hey, uh, do you love Jesus? Do you follow Jesus? We would say, oh, yes, yes, yes. But if they were to follow us around, maybe he wasn't the focus of our life at all during that season of our life. We've all been there and done that. And as a church, it's so easy. I'm just telling you behind the scenes, it's so easy to get focused on different things that are important, but it's not the most important. And so I just wanted you to know that we're starting 2021 as as Jesus followers, we're going to be Jesus focused because here's what we believe and here's what we've all experienced in 2020, that Satan's dream for your life is division, chaos, and destruction. This is his dream for your life. This is what he wants. And what he wants to convince, how to get you there is actually a lie to tell you that Jesus is not enough. So you need to come up with plan B and plan C. As a matter of fact, you need to make plan B, plan A for your life because you know a little bit more about what's going on in your world and you know how to control the next steps for your own life because he's not enough. And what being Jesus-focused does, it reminds us he is enough. He's enough for your marriage. He's enough for your dating life. He's enough for your business. He's enough for your kids. He's enough for your family. He is enough for you. And here's what I also love about scripture. When we make him the focus of our life, we actually understand that for 2021, you know, if you want to just take the word focus away, how about in all of our goal setting of losing weight, of accomplishing this, this many sales, and I want to be here financially, and I want to accomplish all this, whatever goals you've set for 2021, I haven't set any because I never reach them. So I keep the bar really low in my life. It gives me a lot of encouragement for next week. Hey, I reached that one too, is what if for 2021, we just put at the top of any of our goals, Jesus. And he's going to be number one. He's going to be the focus. He's the number one goal in our life to focus on him. You want to know why? Because he's focused on you. We see this moment of our life. He sees all the moments of our life. And he has a plan for your life. If you're single, you need to know he has a dream for your dating life. And you're thinking, if he could come along real fast right now, I'm getting a little bit older. Jesus has a dream for your marriage. Jesus has a dream for your business. Jesus has a dream for the rest of your life. And I love that he doesn't just sit back and tell you, oh, I've got a dream for your life. No, no, no. He wants to get involved in your life so that you would focus on him. I love what scripture says in Luke chapter 19. It kind of gives us the mission of Jesus. Here's what he did. Jesus came to seek And that word seek means passionately pursue and to save, which means to heal, make whole, and set you free. This is Jesus' dream for your life. He wants an intimate relationship with you, so he's going to passionately pursue you so you know his voice, you know him personally. And then in doing so, he wants to make you whole. He wants to set you free from whatever's keeping you from running with him as fast as you possibly can. This is his dream for your life. As you make him the focus and the center of your world, you start experiencing freedom in a way that you never have before. And when we say Jesus focused, here's what we're going to talk about a little bit more later on during the year, but you'll hear it over and over, is that we're Jesus focused, which means we're going to focus more on who he is 
I mean, sorry, than what he's done, than what we have to do. Um, most people, would you agree with me that most people don't want to go to church? Number one, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. Number two, all the preacher wants is my money. So take those off the table. The third reason they don't want to go to church is because they don't want to hear a list of rules they got to keep in their life. I don't need anybody telling me how to live my life. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Um, the way I grew up, uh, great church, great preaching, great singing. Um, but this is what I heard that there were like four main rules in your life, Kenny. And that is you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't chew, and you don't go out with girls who do. And so if you do that, God's going to like you a little bit more than all your friends. What list do you have in your head? That if I do this and I don't do that, God's going to like me a little bit more. But if I don't do a do and I do a don't, God's going to get me. Did you know that is not the Christian life at all whatsoever? Zero, none. Jesus focused is not focusing on what we have to do or what we think we have to do. Jesus' focus is you have done it all. I am free. I don't have to pray, would you be with me today? You are with me today. How do I know that? You made a promise. You told me. I'm never going to leave you. So instead of asking you to be with me, how about the prayer is, God, thank you you're with me today. Thank you that when I was sleeping, Zephaniah 317, which I know where we all had our quiet time this morning, says that you sing over me while I'm asleep and you can't wait for me to wake up in the morning. You're sitting there at the edge of my bed looking at me going, come on, come on, open them up, open them up. What's up? I mean, this is how Jesus sees you. So Jesus focused, we want to see him correctly as well. Jesus focused also, I think this is important. We're more focused on who he is than who we're not on who he is and who we're not. What Satan would love to get in your mind over and over and over is what you haven't done and what you have done in the past. See, Jesus is not gonna love you because you know what you did. You know what you did this weekend. You know what you did. You remember that back, back when that thing? So you better keep asking him over and over and over and over to forgive you for years and years and years and years to keep you focused on what you've done is his goal. And what we want to do is just flip that script to go, I know what I've done, but I'd rather know more about what you have done and what you have done as taking care of all of what I have done. So let me just focus on you. So that's where we're going this year. And I love it. I love our very first value. Yes, it took two months to get there, but we got there and I love that. I, I want to I tell you a couple of stories. One story I want to tell you is a really cool story. Um, it's in Jerusalem. Jesus has um, gone through the, the, the trial. He has been beaten. He has been hung on a cross. He has died and he's been put in a tomb. Now at this point in the story, he's also come back to life, but not everybody knows it at this point. Rumors have kind of gotten out that someone stole the body and he's not in the tomb anymore. Some ladies went. It's just kind of a blur, right? Because it's all happening so quickly. These two individuals are leaving Jerusalem and they're headed to a, a place called Emmaus. It's seven miles from Jerusalem. And they're on this road and they are depressed. They are kicking cans. They're throwing rocks. And the more they talk about what just happened, they just can't believe it. 
all dreams shattered for them. Hope is gone. They had put everything they had into following this guy by the name of Jesus. Dreams dashed. Disparity setting in their life. Darkness over their life. And Jesus shows up to walk with them. But they don't know it's him. And there's an interesting verse. And it says this in Luke chapter 24 verse 16. Something kept their eyes from seeing who he was. Something kept their eyes from seeing who he was. Turn to your neighbor and go, they couldn't see him. Just turn to your neighbor and go, they couldn't see him. They couldn't see him. They, just, they couldn't see him. I like how you're whispering it. They couldn't see him. What's going to happen next? They couldn't see him. I love that. They couldn't see him. They, so they have no idea. Well, Jesus shows up walking with them and he's like, what's up, guys? Why the frowny faces? They look at him and they, you got to be kidding me, man. Bro, read it. You must be the only dude on the planet who has no idea what has taken place. They're telling Jesus that he has no idea what's happened. It's a great story. You got to read this story. He's like, well, what happened? And they're like, you don't know? Jesus of Nazareth. Like he was the one. We had put all of our hopes in him. All of our dreams in him. And they say this. We just knew he was going to save us and Israel. We just knew it. And he just died. And that there are ladies saying that he's not in the tomb and nobody can find the body. And it's gotten worse. So, man, we're just going to leave the craziness and the chaos. And we're just going to go back home to Emmaus. And that's why we're on the road. I cannot believe you don't know what's happening right now, man. can't believe it. Still don't know it's him. And this is how Jesus responds to those two gentlemen. How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses, who wrote the first five books of the, the Bible, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning, what's the last word? Himself. Can you imagine having a Bible study by Jesus about Jesus? Sign up for that small group. That's the one you want in on right there. And for seven miles, watch, watch, Jesus takes from Genesis to Malachi and explains that everything written in it is about him. Not about them. He doesn't say, well, you know, the Bible says this, so you guys need to change that. He doesn't say, well, you know, the problem with you guys is, let me turn over here, let me show y'all where you're, you're, you're getting it all wrong and you're messing up and you're falling short and this is horrible. No, 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 no. He starts in the beginning and it's all about him because when you're Jesus focused, there is a power. There is something that happens inside you can't explain. But when it's about you, there is a darkness and depression that can take place that you also cannot explain. Maybe this is why we don't read the scriptures and we're not excited about opening up the Bible because we really do think it's going to tell us how we got to change. What if we read it differently? What if we read it that it really is all about him? 
You say, well, then what's the Ten Commandments? Man, that, a, I, you got to get some things right. What if the Ten Commandments were really about him too? We've just never read it that way. Don't steal. Because I'm your provider. And I'll provide everything you need. I've got my eye on you. Um, don't worship anything else other than me. Because I'm your one and only. And I know how you're made. And I know how to breathe life into you. Don't commit adultery. Because I'm the lover of your soul. And what you're looking for in that relationship is really only found in me at the depths of who you are. See, what if every single story is about him and not about us at all? There's something that happens inside of us that changes everything. And that's what happened with these gentlemen. Jesus goes in, they invite him to, to eat with them, and he does. And then here's what it says, which is a really cool story right here. Here's what it says. Their eyes were open. They couldn't see. Jesus makes it all about him. Then they can see. Do you see the connection here? Hang with me. They couldn't see, but now their eyes were open and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. That's a cool party trick. They asked each other, watch, watch, were not our hearts burning within us? What happens when you're Jesus focused? You come alive. What happens when you read the Bible asking one question, God, who are you? Not what do I got to get out of this? That question. Think about that when you open up the Bible. What, what do I need to get out of this for my life? Who's that all about? Open up the Bible any page and just ask this one question. God, who are you? And fill in the blank. God is. Jesus is. And fill it in. He becomes a focus. We revolve around him. That's what happened for seven miles with, these, with Jesus. And their hearts came to life. Our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us. And they got up at once and returned to Jerusalem. This is our life. Such a beautiful picture of our life. That we look at what's happening around us and the storms of life hit our life. And then all of a sudden, we lose sight of Jesus and being Jesus-focused. But when we discover and put Jesus back in the center of our life, we become alive again, and we want to run telling everybody about what's happened in our life again. This is all of our story. It's so true. It's so true. This is why the Bible actually says this. I love this. In the book of Hebrews, it says this. Let us keep looking to Jesus. He is the one, don't, don't miss the center, don't miss the focus. He is the one who started this journey of faith. And he is the one who completes the journey of faith. It starts with him and it ends with him. Jesus focused, all about Jesus. There's another story I want to tell you real fast. So Jesus has been with the disciples. <clears throat> They've had this amazing day of ministry and then Jesus looks at his disciples at the very end. The sun is about to go down. And he says, hey, I want you guys to get in that boat and I want you to go across the lake. I'll meet you on the other side. They get in the boat. Sun is going down, getting a little bit darker. Get in the boat and they start going across the lake. A storm comes up on them that was massive. Now, these are fishermen. They've been in storms before. So they're not worried right at hand. They can do this. Jesus said, go across the lake. We're going to go across the lake. That's where we're going. We're going across the lake. Let's go. Everybody, let's go, let's go. The storm gets rougher. 
The winds get stronger. The waves get bigger, hitting the side of the boat. And the Bible actually says they became scared for their life. These are fishermen. This is what they do. That's how bad the storm was. How long were they out there? At 4 a.m., They had been battling and fighting this storm for hours. They think they're going to die. That's how bad it is. And the Bible says at 4 a.m., Jesus came walking on the water. Now, you'll miss this if you don't read all of the testimonies about this moment, okay? Because it is kind of funny that there's one version that actually says from his perspective that Jesus walked past them on the water. What's up? I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? And they thought it was a ghost. So Simon Peter says to him, Jesus, is it you? And Jesus goes, what's up, Pete? Yeah, it's me. He goes, well, then tell me to walk on the water if it's you. Come on, let's go. What did Simon Peter know about walking on water? They don't offer classes for that in college. Nothing. What did he know about putting his legs over the side of the boat? Everything. He puts one leg over the side of the boat, waves just crashing, wind blowing, still scared. What's going on? Is a ghost? It is Jesus. What's happening? He puts his other leg on the other side of the boat. He's hanging on. He looks back, bunch of sissies, and he's looking at Jesus. And he takes one step and he takes another step. He takes another step. Watch this, watch this. He's not just walking on water. He's walking on the storm. He's getting closer and closer to Jesus. And then what happened? He wasn't Jesus focused. Here's what it says. When Tom and Peter saw, when he saw, When he saw the wind and waves, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Watch, watch, watch. Make the connection. Make the connection. What happens when we're not Jesus focused? Two things happen. We get scared and we begin to sink. That's what happens. When we look at the storms and circumstances of life crashing the sides of our boat, If we're not Jesus-focused, we get scared and we begin to sink. I don't know if you've ever struggled with anxiety. I have in my life. I want to do a series later on in the year talking about that and my experience, what I've learned from Jesus. Here's how I define anxiety. I'm not safe and I'm not okay. I'm not safe and I'm not okay. I'm not safe and I'm not okay. This is what Simon Peter started to experience. I'm not safe and I'm not okay. Why? For one reason. He just took his eyes off of Jesus. And Jesus in his grace reached down, saved him. Absolutely I'll save you. What do you think I'm going to do? Look at you and go, nope, you took your eyes off of me. You're going down. I mean, that's like, what do you think I'm going to do? This is who I am. Absolutely. Simon Peter, I was so proud of you. You were the only one to walk on the water. You threw your legs out. You were walking on the storm. Bunch of sissies in the boat. I'm so proud of you. That's Jesus. Because he kept his eyes. Listen, isn't it true? Isn't it true? 
Isn't it true that when you first gave your life to Jesus, He was the only one you could focus on anyway. You were so amazed that He loved you. You were so taken back that He would take you back. You were blown away by His grace and His mercy that He would pay a price for you. It was that you never asked this question, do you love me? Remember those early days? You never asked the question, aren't you watching? They never entered your mind. Why? Because you were so Jesus focused on Jesus, not the waves and the wind of life. It was Him. It was all about Him. You got a new Bible, took the cellophane off, and you're like, I love it. You didn't even understand it, but you just loved it. Jesus calls us back to the simplicity of just focusing on Him. Just focus on me. Just focus on me. Just focus on me. Watch. Peter walked on water because Jesus was great. Peter didn't walk on water because Peter was great. Peter walked on the storm because Jesus was so amazing. Peter didn't walk on the storm because he was different than the other guys. He just did something different than the other guys. So he walked on water. And I think with you and with me, with our church, with your small group, with your family, with your teenagers, I think Jesus is saying to us this year, listen, there's so much to focus on. Just focus on me. Just focus on me. And let's walk on the storm together. Don't, by the way, don't, don't be afraid. Don't look. Just stay focused on me and what I have done and who I am. Not what you think you need to do and what you have done. Focus on me. Now some of you might be here and you're like, okay, I really came because I got some stuff that I need to change in my life. Where's that sermon? I'm going to give it to you. How do we change? Surprise, surprise, focus on Jesus. Here's what the Bible says. All of us, with no covering on our faces, no, nothing between us and us and God, we now can come because of Jesus. Show the shining, whose greatness? Greatness of the Lord. As in a mirror, all the time we are being changed. It's a process, right? Change is a process. You get three steps forward and you kind of stumble. Okay, keep going, keep going. All are being changed to look like Him. Not a better version of us. You don't want 2.1 of you. You want Him. With more and more of His shining greatness, this change is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Jesus focused. Jesus focused. He is more than enough for you. He is more than enough for your struggle. He is more than enough for your habit. He's more than enough for your marriage. He's more than enough for your life. He's more than enough. So, here's what I'm inviting all of us to do. If you're not a part of the bridge, please take the journey with us. For the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, going all the way through the end of January is perfect. 21 days of prayer and fasting for us to stay focused on Jesus. Um, I was at dinner with my family this week and telling them about the 21 days of prayer. Valerie already knew about it. And, and I said, hey guys, we're going to do 21 days of fasting as well. My younger son put his fork down and said, oh my gosh, no food. Okay, so let me talk about that if you don't mind. <laughs> 
Um, some of you, because of medical conditions, maybe you can't go without food. Yes, you read scripture, and yes, fasting is absolutely a part of, of going without food. But here's how I'm defining fasting for us. Okay? Here's how I'm defining fasting. Jesus, I'd rather have you. That's it. Hey, Jesus, for the next 21 days, my mind's attention and my heart's affection... I just want you to know I'd rather have you than fill in the blank. For some of you, you can't go without food for whatever reason, medical, whatever. Okay, what can you go without? For 21 days, what can you go without? For some of us, it needs to be social media. I was waiting on the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, good. You want to tell you why? There are so many voices right now on social media, you don't want to add your voice to that. You need to cancel out every voice and for 21 days, just hear His voice. For 21 days, just hear His voice. For some of you, if you're a teenager, it could be games. It could be gaming. 21 days. Three weeks. Jesus, I'd rather have you. I'd rather have you. For some of you, it might be one meal. For some of you, it might be 21 days. I'm not going to say one negative word. Not one negative word. <laughs> might not say anything for 21 days, but that might be good for everybody around you, right? I don't know. I don't know your story. I'm just saying, what for 21 days can you become Jesus-focused? That's it. And to tell Him, I'm more hungry for you than I am for this. That's fascinating. And there is a Bible app that we're encouraging everyone to get on your phone. If you already have it, it's a Bible app. But this is the, uh, can we go back to the, to the picture, if you don't mind, the 21 days? Yeah, that's what it looks like right there. So you can find that. What's really cool is it's 21 days that it's going to give you a devotion every single day. It's going to give you different verses you can look up. And when you look those up, just ask, God, who are you? Jesus, who did I discover you to be? You can invite friends. You can do this with friends. We love the, the shareability that's on this app that you can do. Now, if you don't have that app and you don't want to do that, you can go to our website and you can download it there and you can find out how to do that. But for 21 days, we're going to do this as a family. And for 21 days, we're going to be Jesus-focused. And here's what we're saying on fasting, whatever it is for you. Uh, Jesus, I'd rather have you. And this is the prayer. Jesus, open my eyes to see you. That's the prayer. Hey, Jesus, open my eyes to see you. That's going to be the prayer. Hey, listen, everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. You can do this. You can do this for 21 days. You can do it. You can do it. So if you need to have a, a service, burial service for Facebook this evening, you know, gather around the computer and, you know, just we're going to burn it. You know, whatever it is for you, just get ready. But for 21 days, we can do this together. And our prayer, Jesus, we just want to see you. That's all. Open our eyes to see you. That's going to be the prayer for 21 days. Okay? Let's pray together if you don't mind. Of course, if you're here and, man, maybe your eyes were open for the first time today and that you need to be Jesus-focused maybe for the first time in your life, I want to invite you to just tell him that. Just right where you are, just say, Jesus, I need to put you first in my life, and I never have. My eyes have never been open to you, but they have today. So the best way I know how, I'm giving my life to you. I'm making you the center of my life because I need you. And you 
you know everything I've done. I agree with you that it was wrong. But I also agree that you're right. And I put my faith in Jesus with what he did for me. Thank you for life today. Thank you for making me your son, your daughter today. I confess, you are my savior. And in 2021 and for the rest of my life, I want to be Jesus-focused. And God, this is our prayer. It's so easy in our world to make it about us. God, we've all been guilty of that. It's so easy to make life, money, relationships, work about us. But God, I'm so grateful that we can just stop today and be reminded it really is about you. What you have done, not what we promise to do for you. Because God, truth is, we're great promise makers, but we're better promise breakers. We've done that before with you. So God, this year, we put you at the center, Jesus-focused, all about you, who you are, and what you've done. In your name I pray.